0: How hungry are you for God? How thirsty are you for Him? Are you only hungry and thirsty for God when times are desperate? A call to a renewed desire. That's coming up on Moody Presents.
1: Just like I need my cup of coffee in the morning to get me going. Hey, but I need your presence, God, because without your presence, I can't survive. How hungry are you for God's presence? Because here's what I know, that God shows up to hungry people.
0: Welcome to Moody Presents with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of the New Life Community Church Family of Churches throughout the Chicago area. I'm John Geiger asking, how hungry are you for God, for spiritual things? You know, when desperate times end, do you go back to business as usual? Today on the program, we continue our series in Nehemiah with the fact that just as your body desires food, so should your soul desire the presence of God. A quick reminder that if you enjoy hearing these messages each week and you find them helpful, you can always listen again to any past broadcast by going to moodypresents.org. Everything is archived there, very easy to find. If you've got a smartphone, consider the Moody Radio app too, which gives you instant access to our teaching as it's released. Find out more at moodypresents.org. Moving into Nehemiah chapter 8 now, Here is Pastor Mark Job with today's Moody Presents.
1: As Nehemiah was was reading uh, the Word of God, he read out loud, and it says, first of all, he got up, he stood up, and the people lifted their hands, and they responded, and they said, amen, amen. You know what amen means? It means, yes, so be it. It means, I agree. It means, yeah, right on. That's what amen means. And so the people were saying, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we agree. So they were verbally responding. And then as Nehemiah begins to read, some of them couldn't quite understand uh, all the nuances of what he was reading. So there were Levites, which were other priests, gathering in small groups, sort of explaining, breaking it down to them, helping them understand exactly what was being read. And then it says... As he was reading, something unusual began to happen. See, way over there in the corner, a woman, as she was hearing about Abraham sacrificing his son, Isaac, and his step of faith, suddenly tears well up in her eyes, and they start welling and welling until the teardrop overflows down her cheek, and then there's a flood of tears streaming down both cheeks. As he thinks of the faithfulness of God in answering Abraham's promise. And then over there, an old man with a beard, a long white beard, suddenly is touched also by the liberation of the people of God from slavery. And how faithful God has been. And suddenly his hands are in his face and his shoulders are shaking up and down as he begins to weep over what God has done. And a big burly man over there that never cries and never weeps begins to hear about what it means to be a man of God and lead his household. And he realized how far he strayed from leading his sons and daughters in the ways of God. And he begins to cry and weep. And it says pretty soon the whole assembly is weeping and crying because they've heard the teaching of the Word of God. Imagine 40,000 people, some wailing, some weeping, some with their heads down. And Nehemiah has to say, Stop, don't weep. I want you to hear the Word of God, but this is a day of celebration. God is, we've completed the wall. There'll be time for repentance and weeping. But they were touched by the presence of God. Now that's supernatural. That's when someone is hungry for God and engaged in worship. Let me tell you how you know whether you're hungry for God. You see, when you're hungry for something, you have an appetite for that. You're engaged in that. You see, when you're not really hungry for something, you're easily bored with it. You know, some of you have tried to get your, your wives to really sit down with you and watch the Bears game. And, 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 and you know, some women are really, really engaged in it, but others are like, you know, a bunch of burly guys running around knocking each other down, like, that, that's not what I'm into. And so you're sit down, honey, and, and watch this. Isn't she's like, mm, I'll watch it for five minutes. Okay, I got to go. And because she's not into it. She's just not into it. You know, just like... If you, if it's not something that's close to your heart and you really like, then you easily get bored with it. Yesterday, I spent two hours at a mall. Now, that's love, right? Two hours, two hours. And we took our whole family, took our whole family. So, um, now, my, you know, this is just the way people are wired. Now, my wife and my daughter felt like, this is way not enough time for us because wow we only uh, only got to see only a few places we have a lot more time my son Josiah stayed in the car for 2 hours in the parking lot cuz he didn't want to go and just read he was he was And my eight-year-old son and I went in and we sat down at a coffee shop and he had a cinnamon roll and I had a coffee and we waited and was like, hey, this is long. And my son was, hey, when can we go? And then my daughter and my wife were like, man, this is really short time. I guess we have to go now because it's all about what you're engaged in and interested in. I was bored with it but they were engaged in it because their heart is more into it than my heart was into it. Uh, Some of you guys, um, you know, you love cars and vehicles, and so you see a car driving down the street and Man, you, you're you into the motor and the cylinders and the horsepower and the year it was done and the body and, and who manufactures it and you know all the details about it and you really love the car in your garage and so you try to tell your wife, you know, hey, don't park too close, it can get dented and she's like, yeah, whatever, it's just a car. But for you, no, no, this is much more than a car because you're engaging, your heart is there so you think about it, you... You you, you, you you really take time, you wash it out, and your wife says, didn't you just wash it two days ago? Yeah, but it's dirty, can't you tell? And any little nick you notice and you want it clean and it aggravates you when people put food on the carpet and it's not taken care of, why? Because you value it highly. Some of you are into the stock market and you spend a lot of time watching a little television with little bleeps and numbers and it really affects you. Throws your day off when those numbers go down. Puts your day up when the numbers go up. You're really, really into it because you value it. And whatever we value... Grabs our attention, piques our interest, keeps us engaged. But if we don't value something, we are easily bored by it. Uh, it, It's just, we're we're not with it. We endure it, but it bores us. Listen to me. me. Hear me well. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, it's a miracle of God. That 40,000 people, men, women, and children were engaged in the reading of the Word of God because they were hungry for God. Six hours. Six. Not a half hour, 45 minutes. Six. It's um, John Piper that wrote in his book, A Hunger for God. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because we have drunk so deeply and are satisfied. It's because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world that our soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. Do you realize that in some countries, they don't gather in a big building like this? In fact, in China, the gospel is exploding like no other country around the world. China, Africa, and some parts of South America, people are coming to Christ in unprecedented numbers. Churches are being birthed. And you know where typically they gather in China? They gather in homes, packed out from wall to wall, and some of the, because it's it's not a, a open country, and some of them, some of the leaders are put in jail, and you know what they have? They value the word of God, because often they don't have. They have handwritten copies of the Word of God. I had a guy, a guy that told me that, that uh, many of those people have memorized just entire books of the Bible, and they hand-copy the Word of God, and I'm told that if the Bible study and the teacher, the guest preacher or teacher, comes and preaches less than two hours, people are disappointed, like, hey, that was a really short message. Man, we're hungry here. Yeah. And here's some of you are saying, with Pastor... I really hope. We need to get Pastor Mark a bigger watch because, I mean, he went over 10 minutes before. Hey, tech team, big watch, neon lights in the back. Hey, it's time to close. You see, whatever we're hungry for, whatever we're thirsty for, whatever we're engaged in, we can endure a lot of. You know, some of you that are into movies, you can sit there and, you know, watch hours and hours of movies. Hey, let's watch the entire Lord of the Rings series. And you'll sit there and watch seven hours of Lord of the Rings. Be engaged in it. Or watch four hours of boxing. Man, you're pumped up and sad when it's over. But yet when you just think about trying to spend 15 minutes in prayer, you like this cloud of, whoa, that's a long time, 15 minutes. I mean, ooh, you have to be almost Mother Teresa to do that. I mean, really, you're talking 15 minutes. And the point that I'm making is this, folks, is that whatever piques our interest, whatever we're hungry for, whatever we're engaged in, Typically, where our heart is at is what we will have a hunger and thirst for. And it's a supernatural work of God. Let me tell you, the people that are most engaged in the things of God spiritually, typically, the countries that are hungrier for God are oftentimes the countries that are stripped down.
0: Evaluating your hunger for God. That's Pastor Mark Job, And this is Moody Presents... We're talking about experiencing a grassroots revival today and how God shows up in the lives of those who desire Him. The conclusion to our message comes your way in just a moment, but a quick reminder first that all of our broadcasts are available online to hear again. If you're a regular radio listener and miss a program or two, you can always go to moodypresents.org and listen again for free or share the program with a friend. There you can also get in touch with Mark via email or learn more about the many resources of Moody Bible Institute, including the new Moody Radio app. It's all at MoodyPresents.org. Well, maybe deep down inside you know that you're not hungering for God, and it's because your soul is filled with other things. Here again is Mark Job with more Moody Presents.
1: You see, the countries in the West, like North America... We have been numbed by materialism. We don't need that much. Oh, you say, hey, hey, I have a lot of needs. I know, but compared to the rest of the world, you see, if you go to Africa or Mozambique, uh, visit Chai Chai, where I was at two years ago, and see the people walking to a conference barefoot and, and being tithing with eggs and mangoes because they have no money, then you understand that people are stripped from materialism, and oftentimes all they have is God. I don't have to tell a mother that has a teenage son on life support system because he's been shot in the head, and the doctors are saying they're not sure if he's going to be, be survive. I don't have to tell her to pray because she prays intensely because there's need in her life. What the Spirit of God told to the churches in Revelation, he, you think you're well clothed and you think you're, you have it all together, but what you don't realize is that you're poor and naked and needy. You see, you don't you don't know, and I've been there. I've been to Laodicea in, in, uh, in Turkey where these people thought they had it all together. And what, the, what John was saying through the Spirit of God is, hey, you really, I don't care how much is in your bank account and what car you drive or what clothes you dress and how, how secure you think your career is, really, if you had eyes, you would realize that you have a desperate need for God in your life. But oftentimes, it's desperation that leads us to that. I mean, here's my question. God, do we really have to go bankrupt to have hunger for you? I mean, really, do we have to be in an ICU unit to pray intensely? Do we have to be waiting for a test to see whether we're HIV positive or not, to really be desperate for you, or God, can you sweep through us with such wind of your Holy Spirit that we become hungry and desperate for you, even though other things in our life are doing well, that we become hungry for the manifest presence of God. You see, that's a supernatural work of God. You see, when things are going well and your life is smooth and you have no major crisis, yet you hunger for God. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Because so oftentimes we get hungry for God in times of crisis, but as soon as the crisis is over, we're we're done. We're back to business as usual. Some of you during times of crisis, you have wept over the Word and read it and underlined And you've devoured and called out to God and said, God, if you're not there, I don't know, I'm going to survive. But then the crisis got over. You are no longer in deep need. So the hunger subsided. The desperateness went away. And now it's just sort of nibbles of spiritual things. These people had built the wall. Life was good, yet they were hungry. Hungry for God. You say, Pastor, how do I know if I'm hungry or not? Well, I think that's why fasting is good. If you really want to know what it means to be hungry for the presence of God, I think fasting reminds us about hunger for God. Now, if you've ever gone a day without eating, no one has to remind you when you wake up in the morning, hey, you haven't had breakfast, you forgot about it. If you go a day without eating, and the next day you wake up, you don't have to write, hey, i got to leave myself a memo that says, eat breakfast. You wake up early, and you throw open the refrigerator door, and you're like, what do we have to eat? Well, honey, why are you eating cold pizza from three days ago? I'm hungry. Because there's something inside of you that you're just hungry. Your appetite goes. I've been on a few fasts over the years, and the longest fast I ever went on was a 40-day fast. And I tell you, about the second week into the fast, man, your body's kind of feeling wobbly, and, and, and you develop an acute sense of smell. I mean, someone could be frying hamburgers within a mile radius, and you're like, wait, you know, is, is someone like, is there hamburgers around here? Now, no one else smells it, but if you're fasting, suddenly any food becomes, you're like, uh, food, food, where? You see it, you're aware, your body picks up on it. You know why? Because your body's saying, I want it, I need it, I desire it, I really, really desire it. And so when you go on fasting, what fasting reminds you is just as your body desires food, so should your, your soul and spirit desire the presence of God.
0: Mm.
1: David said in Psalms 42, My, my, my soul thirsts for you like a deer pants after the water brook. So my soul thirsts for you, O God. Mm. Hunger, a thirst... I believe that God wants to stir that in everybody. In fact, I believe that our regular Christian life should be a life of hunger and thirsting for God. You see, I I think no matter how full of joy you become, no matter how close you walk with God, I think all of your life on this earth, there'll be a sense of longing, a sense of incomplete, a sense of my soul is not quite satisfied yet because you were designed and built to walk in perfect communion with God. And that is not going to happen. That is not going to happen this side of glory. And so I believe that we live with that tension of our soul desiring more of God. I believe that if you're a believer that knows God and you've tasted of God, that, that it's not going to satisfy you. It's not like, well, I drank and I, I'm satisfied. It's not like, well, I had some water three weeks ago. No, every day you're thirsty. Every day you're thirsty. You know, the doctors tell us, well, you need to drink a lot of water. And some of you say, well, I, I don't like water. You know why? Because you, you, you're drinking diet Pepsi. And so you're not thirsty, right? Yeah, I don't thirsty. I don't want water. Dry it, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, then you're really wired. (laughs) Red Bull, if I need energy, and you wonder why you're so jittery and get panic attacks, man, you're just throwing down a lot of sugar and caffeine and car. But let me tell you, if you stop drinking soda and you stop drinking coffee and all you had was water, then I could guarantee you that in one day you would want to drink something on the beginning you want junk food because you want that soda because the water doesn't taste that good even though the water is better for you you're made up of water it cleanses your system it's good for you but you will become thirsty when you're in the middle of the desert and you're in the middle of the desert and people are literally dying of thirst they don't think of a diet pepsi they think of water Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. Some of us are not hungry for God because our souls are full of junk food, and we're filling our life with a lot of a, a lot of stuff out there. And, and, and when you feel down and out, you're, you know your your big thing is is an episode of ER and that, that kind of fill, reruns and that kind of fills you up a little bit and, and the next game you're going to and, and if that doesn't work, a different shade of purse that you buy satisfies you a little bit and, or the achievement of putting something in the bank account. But let me tell you, all of that is crumbs. It's just crumbs. What your heart really longs for is more of God. It's the Spirit of God that stirs that up inside of us. 40,000 people saying, we want more of God. You know, Moses, when he saw some of the presence of God, you would think that he would be satisfied with the revelation of God. But he turns around after having these encounters with God that you and I would just long to have. One day... In boldness, he says to God, God, show me your glory. God doesn't slap him around and say, hey, Moe, haven't I given you enough? The heart of God was pleasing, and God shows him as much of his glory as Moses can handle. How hungry for God's presence are you? When you smell a little bit of the presence of God, does your neck turn to say, yeah, I want more. Did you come here this morning with the word of God saying, feed me, God, because I long for you? Does the worship touch your heart so that you say, don't stop, don't stop, because I want more of God? That is, engage your spirit so that you wake up in the morning thinking, just like I need my cup of coffee in the morning to get me going, hey, but I need your presence, God, because without your presence, I can't survive. How hungry are you for God's presence? Because here's what I know, that God shows up to hungry people. Satisfied, smug, self-reliant people that don't recognize their needs seldom encounter the full presence of God. God is close to the humble and the brokenhearted who acknowledge their need. He's close. He shows up. When it doesn't matter how much you have doesn't matter how much you possess how self-confident or gifted you are when you recognize your need for god and you're hungry for him because i believe that god is pleased when we hunger and long for him
0: you know pastor mark Job has asked some very serious and deep questions today on moody presents all about evaluating our hunger for god and maybe Like me, you could use a point of reconnect, maybe a recommitment to God in this area. You want to pray with me about that very thing? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for these tough questions. Thank you for this passage in Nehemiah. Thank you for his example. Lord, because he followed your way, your word, we know that we can too. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, give us a hunger for you that is not whipped up, not man-made, but Holy Spirit-inspired. Would you guard our paths, our thoughts, so that we would only allow in those things that will, in fact, move us down your path? Lord, would you help us to walk wisely, redeeming the time, because the days are evil, and give us a hunger for God. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, I'd like to point you to MoodyPresents.org where you can hear this message and our entire series again, any program in fact, it's easy and all at MoodyPresents.org. Also, there are a link that will let you download the Moody Radio app. I love it and I think you will too. Look for the Moody Radio app at the button you'll see there at MoodyPresents.org. On behalf of our teacher, Mark Job, our producer, Chris Seagard, I'm John Geiger thanking you for listening to Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.